Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, we are joined by Swim Swim editor and chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and senior international reporter Loretta Race from Kentucky. How's it going, y'all? Braden, I'm sorry about your 76ers. I, I don't know if you claim them or not. Yeah, but... they're not. I'm actually happy they lost because then people will start showing up to pick a ball on game days again. Um, <laughs> what if I change my title to Braden, to editor and Keith? I, I, like... good. <laughs> I, I think that'd like be that. good. That's that's what I said on our outtake that the, the, the audience won't see, but editor and Keith, I, it has a nice ring to it. It does. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll workshop it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the big story of the last week is obviously the Atlanta Classic. God dang, I can't talk today. And the return (laughs) of Caleb Dressel uh, among. But he wasn't even like the biggest story of the meet swimming wise. Right. What what we've talked about Caleb a lot. What stood out to you at this Atlanta Classic meet? I'm getting to the point where I don't care about. Caleb so much I'm, I'm getting sort of frustrated about what he's doing to the ecosystem around him which is when Caleb's at the relay camp nobody can talk about the relay camp when Caleb's at the meet nobody's allowed to be interviewed um, because they might be asked a question about Caleb uh, you know it's just I'm sort of it's becoming a little bit of a certain what's the opposite of a circus a funeral a, a, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the opposite of a circus is, is what it's, yeah. it's just like no fun zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's focus on the other swimmers. Uh, Maxine Parker, I think, is is the story, right? Like everybody else was fine. They were okay. They were maybe about where you'd expect them to be, plus or minus a second. Um, but Maxine Parker showing that her Virginia, Virginia training is taken. Uh, you know, she was she was on this course in high school and didn't go, I don't know, didn't make a lot of progress at Georgia. Um, First year at Virginia did well, wasn't clear this was going to happen, but I think um, her kind of being back on that trajectory she had from her junior career is probably the most interesting thing that wound up happening. Kind of on the same star level as Kayla Dressel is Katie Ledecky. And obviously anytime she swims, people pay attention, whatever, whatever. A lot of our commenters kind of wrote her off in the 400 free because of Summer uh, McIntosh and, you know, Titmuss and other people have, who have <clears throat> overtaken her times or, or at least, you know, Titmus had beaten her, but she, I think put up her second, you know, sub three fifty nine in season 400 free. So I think that says a lot. And I think in the, in the 800 free, I think she racked up like her 29 or she, now she owns the 29 top performances ever. So I don't know. I feel like she kind of shut the door in some of the negativity that was thrown her way a little bit in the 400 kind of showing up, you know, saying, Hey, this is a three fifty nine. I can swim fast anytime, anywhere, and don't write me off in this event. So I, I think, think that for me was. Do you think it's it's Ledecky negativity in the four hundred free, or do you think it's McIntosh Titmus positivity to the ignorance of Ledecky? I mean, I don't, <sighs> I don't hear anybody saying like like. Katie no, Ledecky I've read. Going to go four hundred two and miss the mode the podium. It's just no, that I've read. Is- Mm, I, I've read some comments from readers that are more like she's done, like she's done with the 400. And I, I think it's a byproduct of it's, it's, it's almost dual. Like it's because of these other swimmers performances and she in their minds is a little bit stagnant. And so I feel like, 
okay, if she's doing this, you know, 358 in season, then I think that proves that she could potentially rival these people, you know, on the on the actual world championship stage or the Olympic stage. So, yeah, I, I honestly think it was some negativity towards her that people were kind of writing her off for the 400 at least because she's so, you know, far away from people in the 1500 and, you know, the 800 for that matter. Mm-hmm. I think for this meet, this was Ledecky throwing some summer shade and uh, yeah. she knew summer wasn't going to be in the 400. She's like, Hey man, what's up? You, you think you can go 358 in season? Not not tapered at Canadian trials? What's up? Yeah, go win the tuner back. I'm here. I'm here whenever. That's how. But that's going how back to Dressel, I was going to say, Katie Ledecky would never express. She would never express anything like that. that way. Yes. Yes. But in my but dream for world, Dressel, she would. I was annoyed. I was really annoyed. I'm annoyed when anybody scratches a final, but I was so annoyed that they scratched the one free final. That was a total bummer. And, but on the flip side, I do think he was extremely brave to swim the 200 fly. I mean, that was what his first since I think it was 2021 and his first meet in over a year or just about a year. So I do want to give him props for doing the 200 fly, even though it's not, you know, anything that I don't think he's ever going to race, you know, seriously, but I think it was, Pretty brave of them to, to dive in for that grueling well, event. Yeah. That's what I think the the mistake here was, was that could have been the takeaway of the meet. Like Dressel, yeah. Dressel, if Dressel swimming the 200 fly is a sign that he's in a good headspace, he's ready to go, yada, yada, yada. But Dressel no showing a final and, and, you know, Mel has been making the point, oh, but the guy who was being pulled in was a Florida guy. So it's basically an internal thing. Okay. But again, that's Florida just worrying about Florida, right? That's not yeah. Florida worrying about the sport, worrying about everybody else in the field. That's Florida yeah. worrying about Florida. Um, you know, people showed up to watch Caleb swim, and maybe they wouldn't have uh, taken the time to drive down there. It's not an easy pool to get to. Maybe they wouldn't have taken that time. They'd known Caleb wasn't going to be there. So, right. you know, I think they they sort of – even a scratch – would have been a different story, right? Um, yeah. You know, it, or an on-time scratch. People are are trying to call it a late scratch, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that could have been the narrative. The narrative could have been, all right, first meet back, shaking out some cobwebs. He swam an event he doesn't usually swim, which is a different thing for him. So maybe that's a sign that he's dealt with whatever he was dealing with. Um, but instead, it's this. So yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. a mistake. But, it, you know, as has been expressed to us many times, Nobody owes anybody anything and we shouldn't care. So fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's weird that of like the three, two hundreds that he, you know, has swam in the past, like the two fly was the one he chose to swim. Um, I'm guessing like two free was the first event and he wanted to do one of his more primary events or, or have a better hundred fly. So he didn't swim the two free and two IM was on the last day and maybe he wanted to focus on hundred free, but like, the two fly, think- which is something like he will certainly never swim internationally. Like it's like, okay, yeah, I guess it's a training meet. So I guess I kind of get the mentality a little bit um, because, you know, he's always teased us with these events, right? Like even down mm-hmm. to tweeting out that he was going to lead off an 800 free relay at NCAAs, yeah. which was a lie. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think maybe some of that stuff that from his, pre-break career has has built up and maybe it became a thing where if he swam the two im or the two free then all of a sudden there's this big expectation on that um but by swimming the two fly it's 
it's pretty clear what the conversation is, right? He, we, we don't expect him to swim the 200 fly at any kind of a serious level. So that doesn't come with any right. sort of added mm-hmm. baggage on top of it. Yeah, it's a good point. So shifting gears to international meets, uh, the Atlanta Classic wasn't the only show in town last weekend. Uh, <clears throat> Marin Ostrom kicked off in Kenai. And actually, as we're recording this, we've already halfway through the Barcelona stop as well. So, so far from what you've seen from the Marin Ostrom tour, I feel like we've had some good swims. Like I, I wrote that it was a little lackluster and I still do think that top to bottom, but there were some pretty solid swims. Lady Jacoby swam her fastest hunter breast since Tokyo. Uh, Siobhan Howie, 52.5 in the hunter free. Holy Lord, that is <laughs> what America wouldn't give for that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in season or otherwise, any any point in the season. But overall, it it feels a little like meh, which uh, at a world champ at a pre Olympic World Championships at, at this time of the season, I'm just a little surprised at. Yeah, it is a little meh, but you know the I think the highlight is Tom Rushton's group from from Israel, which is as far as we know Anastasia Gorbenko and Siobhan Holly. I'm sure he's training other people other than that. But those are the two that have kind of stood out as doing really well. Um, and I think for Gorbenko that. 209.99 was in the 2IM today was a very good thing for her because she's kind of at that age. She turns 20 in August where a swimmer with talent like her is either going to keep going or is going to flatline. Um, and we've <laughs> seen a lot of them flatline. And that, you know, that's a sign to me that she's not, even with the coaching change, even with these other things. You know, I think Sarah Showstrom swims were encouraging too um, for her because yeah, she's yeah. had – injuries and she's in and out of meets for different reasons and all that and um to kind of pop back in and and show that she's still there in a women's sprint free field that you know four years ago felt like just an insurmountable not mountain but now all of a sudden is wide open right there's not this kate campbell sarah sarah showstrom whoever the other femke Heemskirk, you know whoever that trio was or quartet yeah yeah where it was just like sorry there's no you, you if you want to break into that you got to really break into it and now it's i don't know where those races are going right we assume an australian <laughs> will be there yeah we don't know which yeah. one i did um, like your response one to that seven. commenter Braden. yeah <laughs> someone was like i think one australian's gonna get second and one of them's gonna get fourth and merritt steenbergen's gonna get third but i don't know which one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know it's i think those those are the three things that have jumped out at me. You know, the Japanese men have been swimming pretty well. So, but yeah, you're right. It's not, I don't know. It, it, I feel like we've had meets where the Mari Nostrum was big, exciting, you know, but now it's just kind of, okay, well, it's a, it's a checkup. Yeah. Well, for me in particular, especially in Barcelona. So we have a larger great, uh, great Britain contingent. We have a huge Italian contingent this time around. And then also we do have a good, you know, upper, uh, upper echelon of the, of the Japanese swimmers and all, and the Canadian also, you know, we have, um, Penny Lusiak is here, which is, which is great for her. She's she anyway, she yeah, she did. yeah, she's, she, what was she today? What was it? the 16th in the 100 free she was so she didn't make the final but she was she Mm -hmm. she dove in she was in the pool but anyway but japan canada and great britain all three had their world championships trials last month so they were already tapered like that's what their focus was and so we're only several weeks removed from that so 
for me, it's not a surprise that they're not throwing down these super swift times only because that's what that meet was for. And then the Italians, they did have their Italian championships, but next month at Sede Cali is their additional opportunity to gain world championships qualification. So that's their focus. So either the focus was in the past or it's upcoming. So I feel like this is almost like a training run through kind of tune up kind of thing, you know, kind of thing for the majority of the racers is, is what I'm grab, you know, grasping from the performances that I've seen. And then on the other, other side of the world, uh, we have the Sydney open where there were some really solid swims. I'm going to narrow it down to three individual athletes. Whose swims do you think were more meaningful when looking ahead to this summer's world championships in Fukuoka Cam McAvoy, Kayla McEwen, or Kyle Chalmers? I'm going for Chalmers because I feel like this is the first time in recent memory that he hasn't been coming off shoulder surgery or a heart surgery. Like, I feel like his body is, yes, it's cyborg, but he's like at least 100%, <laughs> you know, solid at this point. And half what man, was he, 40, yeah. half kangaroo. <laughs> so he was 47 6, which is I think racist? is amazing. <laughs> oh. It might be, sorry. <laughs> He's 47 6 with 100 free, which I think is is a terrific time for this for this you know point in the season. They have Australian, they had the Australian National Championships non-selection last month, and then upcoming in June is the actual world championship trials. So to do a 47 6, which is miles above anybody else really that's close to him and domestically, I think that sets him up very well confidence-wise. And again, just knowing that he's pretty much near 100% Chalmers you know some people are like oh Popovich and you know oh this and that again kind of like Ledecky Chalmers is kind of you know King Kyle is done that kind of and I think it's kind of like what the heck man I mean what is he he's only what 24 25 years I mean he's got plenty of juice left in (laughs) it I don't know Caleb went 50.2 this weekend so (laughs) (laughs) you know he's gonna be there (laughs) we're gonna hear from Caleb's agent about this podcast oh god (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to abide by the parameters of your question because I am the editor in chief <laughs> and I don't have to. And my answer is Meg Harris. She was injured last year. You know, it wasn't clear if if her trajectory was still up, going upward. Then she busted out a new lifetime best in the 50 free. Um, and that just sows more chaos into the Australian uh, trials <laughs> meets, which... I love chaos. And I think that, um, you know, having that kind of cutthroat competition at a domestic meet is so much fun to watch. Um, and so I'm excited that she seems to be back and and ready to compete for those spots again. So that's my answer. But uh, my second answer is Cam McAvoy because I love a nerd who swims fast. Sorry. Fine, I'll, if you, okay. That's just my second answer. So you can still have it. I'll take oh, the well, other no. two answers. Go for it. <laughs> but this, this is why. I think Cam McAvoy, it's like, I think this, the, his swims didn't really pop out that much to me. I mean, they were obviously good and his best in a long, long time. Um, but like, you know, 21, eight, like Florent Manadou went 21, eight at Marinostrum and it's, and it's like, okay. Like that, it's a really, it, it's a, it's a solid in season swim at the 50 freeze a weird one, I guess, because it's like a 10th matters a lot. But I do think this will mean he he will final uh, at World Champs this summer, which is a, which is a great sign for him. The I enjoyed Kaylee McEwen swims more because it's because her and Reagan Smith are just revving it up once again uh, for just I think we're gonna see two really really stacked backstroke fields in Fukuoka. 
I do think Reagan will make both backstrokes for Team USA. And I think if they go head to head in both of them, it's going to be such a duel. The only thing I was going to say about. The only thing I was going to say about McAvoy is that I was trying to look up exactly what it was. Um, I think it was maybe four or five years. That was the fastest time by any Australian 21, eight in the 53. Like for me as an Aussie swim fan, I'm just like, where the heck did all the 53 dollars go that a 21, eight is like making noise down under. I mean, like, that's like you just said, man, and do threw that down just kind of on a whim this week, you know, in, in Barcelona. And yet McAvoy had to like, you know, it, the, he stole the spotlight with a 21, eight. I don't know. I just feel like that's, more the, the the case of where Australian 50 freestylers are at this point. And I think that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Cause their best sprinter swims the 200, not the 50. Right. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is becoming the new cool thing to do for male sprinters. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Cool thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> that was our main news for the week. Those were the big meets. Let's move on to sink or swim. First up today on Sink or Swim, Blake Peroni making a comeback. He's training at Indiana once again with his buddies Cody Miller, Lily King, and the crew. Hopefully he can drag Zach Apple back to the pool too. And we'll, just, <laughs> we'll get the whole band back together uh, from, <laughs> from the Tokyo Foreigner Free Relay. But do you see him making an international team this summer? That includes world championships or... Pan American Games. Do we count the World Masters Championships? Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think there's enough time. You know, I uh, <clears throat> given those events and where they are for the American men right now. There's so much competition in his events. 100, 200 free. If if we assume, do we know that that's what he's going to train for? I don't know. We assume, assume that's what he's going to train for. Um, or like 50, you know, 100, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 50, 100. I just, I just think there's too much competition among the American men, depending on what happens with Caleb. Um, you know, I could see him maybe sneaking into a final, but I think making the team on this short of a turnaround um, is a tall task. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's his goal. I, you know, maybe his goal this summer, if he can get to a semifinal and, and place maybe top 10 training three or four days a week, maybe that gives him the motivation to train for Paris. That's how I would approach it. If I were him, you know, I'd, I'd see what's still there, see how much I like it. Um, and then try to do some Nick Fink voodoo and work a full-time job, train part-time, <laughs> just win everything. See, but again, I'm Nick Fink is in is in an event that the U.S. is not that great <clears throat> at right now. Not that he wouldn't compete and make the team anyway, but his events are a gap in the American roster, whereas the 100, 200 free are not really. See, I'm swimming it, though, because I feel like, okay, the Pan-American team, I feel like is a, an achievable goal. Okay, like I know what you're saying. There might be. Yeah, I guess I forgot like... how many people go in those events. Yeah, That's a fair yeah, point. yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, and then also like on the prioritization, like I don't think you can go to Worlds and Pan Ams, right? It's like Worlds and then right. Pan Ams are underneath that. So, so that takes out a huge chunk of his competition. So yeah. I'm swimming yeah. it for Pan Ams, and also I feel like <laughs> he's. I know he had surgery, but I'm looking at it as like one big taper. So I think he's just gonna, you know, rip something really crazy just because he's had lots of rest, and you know, and he was a, obviously an Olympic level freestyler. So it's not like. He's had to build up. He'll have some muscle memory built in. So I'm swimming it for Pan Ams. 
Yeah, I mean, it It, it feels, I, I guess I forgot about Pan Ams, though, because of his age, he doesn't get you 23 or the other one, so he'd probably right. have to be top eight to go. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm honestly a little surprised about this evolution with uh, Ray Luz sort of being okay with a, a part-time trainer because he's generally a high-volume coach. So I'm curious mm. what, what Coach Ray is going to learn about this and his staff are going to learn about this. I really like that. I'm, I'm sinking it by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm with Braden. I think, I think he could, if he wants to, if he gets back in the pool and ends up really liking it, he could definitely make a push for 2024, especially because trials are in a football stadium in Indy. I think being from Indiana, born and raised, never living anywhere else. I'm, I think his whole life, like, I think he wants to go to that meet. Um, and I think he could definitely make a push to, to make that team. He's made two Olympic teams already. Um, he's very experienced on that relay. Uh, I, I like, I like Ray Lou's letting, I mean, at one point he was calling like right before Cody went double O in the hundred breast in season. Like he was calling Cody, like a glorified masters swimmer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. cause he was only doing one practice a day and he's still only doing one practice a day, but it's like, but he was okay with that. You know, I think, I think he's kind of like the uh, Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. You know, it's like they keep him around because of the culture and 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 what he the, the X factor he brings, even though he doesn't really play. And you know, it's like I think if Cody wants to swim at like a a, a level that's maybe not what the college kids are doing, but it's still like pretty high then I think Ray sees the value in that of just having him on the pool deck. Um, you know, and he also puts out vlogs that thousands of people see about the Indiana pool, which is like free <laughs> recruiting. Yeah, It was the ringer, I believe, who said that the Michael Phelps SNL <clears throat> episode was the 33rd greatest episode of television in the 21st century. Are you sinking or swimming this take? <laughs> I'm sinking it. I could name 34 <laughs> episodes of Below Deck that are better than this. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's, I love Phelps. I love what he's done for the sport. I think he absolutely deserves a spot on SNL. But he was, he was, that was not his strength. Acting is not, <laughs> not, he has many strengths. I don't think acting is one of them. Um, and like I, I know that like I know that there were iconic moments in that episode. The I can see Russia from my house that everybody now thinks Sarah Palin actually said because Tina Fey is that good. Like that's a big moment in television history, but I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna put an SNL episode on this, <laughs> the host has to be better. Has to be yeah. a better actor. Yeah. I'm thinking it too. For me, like obviously love Phelps he was just very stiff and like very just kind of robotic and not it didn't flow it wasn't like anything natural for him and it was ironic because I looked up what did other you know news outlets think and I Rolling Stone ranked him the seventh worst SNL host ever right. so it's like for every plus there's like a negative it's just obviously subjective but for me personally I thought he didn't really do all that good of a yeah. job he just kind of went through the motions so well, and it was an era that had, in my opinion, and I've been watching Saturday Night Live for a long time, and I've watched a lot of reruns. I think it's one of the best casts that Saturday Night Live has ever had, just mm -hmm. in terms of a like a creativity perspective and in sort of like a, a world of 
amazing creative people who come up with really funny things. Um, you know, Andy Samberg and Fred Armisen and Bill Hader and Tina Fey, obviously, and Amy Poehler, like so many good people on that cast. But I don't know. Saturday Saturday Night Live is the host, right? Like that's the hook. That's the gimmick. Um, and if the host is the seventh worst ever, I don't know how you can do this. But you know, that's the ringer. The ringer always kind of be, runs to the beat of their own drums. So but, yeah, that's a definite sink for me too. It was just such a weird take. Like, and and again, <laughs> you know, uh, Reed says it in the, in his article on Swim Swim. You'll find the usual suspects: Sopranos, Game of Thrones. Breaking Bad, Parks and Rec. It's like <laughs> Michael Phelps and Michael Phelps <laughs> SNL episode. Like it made for a funny swim swim article, but it, yeah, it's maybe like, they were just ah! baiting the swim swim. They wanted they, they <laughs> wanted more swimmers in their audience, and they were baiting us. So it meta worked. ringer. Hook, line, and sinker. But I'm all right. And last up, which do you think will be the better meet? Atlanta Classic or this coming Mission Viejo Pro Swim? I think it's got to be Mission Viejo just because of depth. You know, Atlanta Classic, Atlanta Classic was dependent on a few stars doing something special. And when they didn't, it was just kind of a little flat. So, you know, in spite of the names who were there, I just think Mission Viejo will still have more stars and that'll be the, the big show. That's what I was going to say as well, but I'm particularly looking for Simone Manuel and Santo Condorelli. I really want to see. I know it's like totally random people, but I know. But I want to see what they put up. I really, really do. So that's why I'm buying for this meet as opposed to um, Atlanta Classic. Even though they had Dressel. I mean, it's like, yikes. (laughs) Yeah. They did. I know. Yeah. I mean, I think the the star power is gonna overwhelm the superstar power of the atlanta classic uh we have the sandpipers pulling well pulling out but grimes weinstein and karoon uh it was announced are all going to the world open water world cup in italy now which is also this weekend uh but yeah we have we have cal guys we have um what's his name uh, Coley Stickles' pro group. We have ASU guys. We have uh, the Mission Viejo pro group, obviously. Um, it's some of the Texas women. Um, Bella Sims is still entered. Some of the Texas guys. It's like the it's little sprinkles of everyone um, <laughs> getting in their, their last meet prep uh, before trials. Or, you know, everyone will probably do a tune up in like early June or late May. But yeah, I think this will be a really good meet um, with a lot of really solid uh faces and races so i'm going mission viejo too mission viejo all right that was a short one today that was your week's news and swimming uh tune in next time